Taking Stock. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland. Driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. This is Mandy Johnston with you on News Talks Taking Stock. Now, independent news and media and its associated national and provincial titles have been a cornerstone of Irish news for decades. In the past, INM was synonymous with two of the biggest names in Irish media in the O'Reilly family and Dennis O'Brien. Indeed, at times, what went on behind the scenes became a story in itself. But in 2019, the news group was taken over by Media House, who bought it for £145 million. Earlier this year, it announced it would rebrand to Media House Ireland. And here to update us on what's been going on is Media House Ireland publisher Peter Vandermersch. Peter, thank you very much for joining us today on Newstalk. Good morning. Peter, before we talk about Media House Ireland, um, we might just, you might just tell us a bit about the background of the company. What's its backstory? The background of Media House is basically we're a Belgian uh, company. We're from Flanders and uh, that's interesting to mention because Flanders, it's about Ireland. It's six million people. It's a Catholic country. Uh, uh, The DNA of uh, Flanders and uh, Ireland is a bit the same. And I can know it very well personally because I'm married for more than 20 years to an Irish uh, uh, woman. Uh, But also the way we do business, uh, uh, it's it's a bit uh, similar. We started there with a couple of newspapers. Um, Like five years ago, the company went in to the Netherlands, an obvious market for us because it's also Dutch speaking, like Flanders is Dutch uh, speaking. And then indeed in 2019, and we shouldn't uh, underestimate that, after being the biggest company in Belgium and the biggest in the Netherlands, we decided to come to Ireland because we could uh, acquire uh, INM. And it's a big step because it's the first time outside or let's say home market, English speaking market. And uh, since then, we also acquired uh, uh, newspapers in Luxembourg and now recently in Germany. So it's an ambitious. Uh, a company and at the other hand a very careful, cautious company. We never pay too much for uh, the, the, the newspapers we uh, buy. Uh, we really try to make from newsprint uh, papers, uh, media companies uh, uh, in digital and audio. A podcast is a big thing uh, in the company. So that's basically a bit the x-ray of what uh, Media House is. Still uh, owned by families. Uh, we're not uh, uh, listed uh, and that gives a, a certain uh, yeah, a certain um, uh, foundation in the company, which makes us, I think, quite quite strong because these families really believe in journalism and what we're doing. Yeah, um, just that question of why you came into the Irish market then is quite interesting to me. You know, the Irish market is is very strong. You know, in terms of media presence already, uh, it's it's very competitive. Uh, but the national and regional papers struggling a bit, and some would refer to yep. that press industry as a sort of sunset industry. So, um, was it because it was a, a great bargain, and was that why you looked at it? It was a combination. It's uh, clear that uh, we looked at several markets, uh, also outside Ireland, uh, obviously. But here we had a chance and we believe in, uh, we, we thought it's a small market. That's uh, a bit, uh, as I said, the size of the markets we uh, we know. And uh, we thought the company was very interesting because lots of people say it's a sunset market, but in Belgium and the Netherlands, uh, we're doing better than ever in the history. And the history also there goes back 150 years uh, because uh, we're trying to uh, turn print into digital. And there it works very well. And here we saw a market 
at least the company, INM, uh, which was maybe strong in uh, print, but was not strong at all in digital and did not really have a strategy in uh, digital. We didn't have digital subscriptions, uh, for example. So we thought with the knowledge we have and with the experience we have in uh, Belgium and the Netherlands, we can try to bring it to uh, uh, Ireland and try to develop here, even if there's lots of difference, obviously, uh, 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 with uh, the markets we know, but try to develop the company uh, here. And it's true. It's a, a busy market. Uh, we are amazed uh, that the power of RTE is so, so big here. Uh, 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 we're, we're even a little bit uh, unhappy uh, with that. Everywhere you have public uh, services, but here in Ireland, RTE is protected in a in a very strong way, and sometimes is killing a little bit the the entrepreneurship of the of the the sector. Uh, but it's things we knew when we came uh, here, and we're here now for almost three years. And I have to say, we're further in our plan than we thought we would be by the moment. So we're quite happy with the with the, the decision we took in 2019. Yeah, Peter, I might come back to that transformational change within the, the group in a moment. Yeah. But for now, I, I'd like to just pick up on those comments you've made about RTE. Um, the government has recently commissioned a report on the future of the media. Uh, we've heard it's reported to government, but things have gone very quiet there. What would you like to see from that report? And what would you like to see the government do? Well, we would like uh, a, a playing field which is leveled. Uh, yes, in every market we are in, and yes, in every European market, we have strong public players. And I'm, I, me myself, I'm an advocate for strong public uh, players. But strong public players shouldn't harm the private uh, players. Here we see a market in which RTE gets lots of money from the uh, government, gets lots out of the advertising uh, market, markets where here Newstock is fighting for, where we are uh, fighting for. And you have this strange situation in most markets markets in Europe, uh, people uh, kind of start in public services and when they really want to make money, they go to private players. Mm. Here in Ireland, it's people start with private players. When they really want to make money, they go to RTE. And this shows that that market is not functioning as it should. And so we hope from that report and we co collaborated and we're really hopeful that the government tries not to be a government of RTE. Uh, and that the Minister of Media is not the Minister of RTE, but the Minister of Media, in which we create uh, a level playing field in which Newstalk, uh, The Independent, RTE can all can have their role. Now we, we, we see an RTE which basically is saying we want to do everything, we want more money uh, for it, and we want uh, that money to come from the taxpayer and from the uh, the market. And basically we don't don't care what's happening with the sector. And so in that sense, we hope that the government brings some, yeah, some, 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 some balance in the whole, in the whole sector. And one of the things you mentioned there is advertising. You feel that the state advertises too much with RTE and not with the uh, independent sector? Well, we, we feel that uh, in uh, Belgium, for example, the, the the, there is very strict uh, restrictions of advertising on uh, the public uh, service here for 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 people like me and and when you come to I when you you're born in Ireland you don't see it anymore but it's very strange to see the nine o'clock uh, news uh, in the middle of the nine o'clock news suddenly advertising on public television 
public television shouldn't do these things. Public television should probably be, be paid for by the taxpayer and then leave the advertising market to the private players. Things like that are being done in, in Europe. I hope that the, the Commission uh, listened to clearly things uh, which we have been uh, uh, saying. And let's, let's see now. We don't want support as such. We don't want money. We don't hold our hand up uh, as Media House Ireland to the government say, give us money to, to make our newspapers. No, we really believe in a, in a fair market. We will play in that market. But the market indeed should be a market in which you're not, um, uh, uh, not hindered by what uh, the government and the public player is trying to do. One of the other things you mentioned there is about talent. Do you find that that's a, it's a problem for you acquiring talent? You know, you're training people and then they're going to what RT? Is that what you mean? Yeah, in some cases it uh, happens. I have to say that's a little bit the name of the game. Uh, uh, but indeed, sometimes it's frustrating uh, in general to see uh, for talent, but also, for example, for our websites. We're investing lots of, uh, of uh, money and energy in the websites. Uh, and then you see RTE doing with more uh, money and more uh, uh, people which are being paid better than we can pay, uh, uh, doing basically what we are trying to do. And there you see, there you think, okay, this is th- there is something wrong here. And let's let's hope that uh, that uh, that commission, uh, which I think did a serious uh, job, let's hope indeed that uh, the results of that uh, uh, job are indeed uh, trying to create in Ireland a healthy market for public players with what because uh, once again they should be uh, there but also for private uh, players Peter do you have a time scale on when we might see that commission report coming out I heard that it would be by the end of the year no, we are the end oh. of the year so I hope it's uh, it's uh, every day uh, and we're really waiting for it uh, with with lots of expectations okay we might we might return to that in the weeks ahead if it is if it is published with you can I just come back to your own business model for a second um I read in an interview with you from uh, July of 2020 where you said and I quote we love print but we believe that digital is the future I still think we do not realise here in Ireland how quickly print will disappear um, and how radical we must become in becoming digital end quote is that still your view and if it is how long do you think you'll be printing the Irish Independent seven days a week is it destined to become a much yeah we really I I still believe obviously that uh, digital is the future uh, and we shouldn't forget print Uh, we still have a Sunday Independent today as today today more than 500,000 Irish people are reading the Sunday Independent that's quite something half a million people are reading the Sunday Independent almost 503 million people are reading today the the, the paper copy of the Sunday World two of our, our papers so this is very uh, strong and print will stay there that's the belief of our group definitely on Saturdays and Sundays we know how it works at the table at the breakfast with your partner uh, you have the papers with all the supplements and the coffee and the croissants it's a wonderful experience during the week if you take the dart how many people are reading the newspaper not anymore you see people reading their phones and hopefully they're reading news on their phones they're reading our websites uh, some of them are paying for these websites are taking subscriptions uh, on it so the the name of the game is indeed to keep print as long as possible and as long as people want it because I'm not so much interested in print or digital I'm interested in journalism and we want to bring the journalism there where the people want it for centuries they wanted it on paper now definitely the people under 45 50 they want it on their uh, mobile uh, phones and in the weekend uh, in paper they want it more and more in podcasts that's why we're developing also uh, audio and and uh, uh, podcasts so we really have to balance that whole transition and in 
the end and how long it is uh, uh, the, the, the seven days a week paper I can't say at a certain moment uh, uh, we made plans in the Netherlands that maybe by 2025 some of our papers wouldn't uh, be printed anymore uh, Monday Friday uh, it's clear that print is more uh, uh, resilient than sometimes uh, uh, we think but somewhere in, at the end of the road paper will disappear definitely for Monday Friday and will be replaced by digital once again on Saturday and Sunday we really believe in, uh, in print and do you see a timescale similar for here for 2025? I don't think so. I think uh, when we see how strong the paper market is uh, uh, here also during the week, the independent uh, during the week, again, it's hundreds of thousands of readers still reading the paper on uh, print and we have to value these readers. And as long as the demand is there, we will print. Obviously, we would be we would be stupid not to, uh, not to, to do it. Uh, but it's clear that there is a pressure on that uh, market and that it's a market in which more and more people uh, switch to to digital subscriptions. Before we move to the digital subscriptions and examining those numbers, um, is there a difference between the regional titles and what happens in the national press when it comes to the printed that's physical a good, paper? That's yeah. a good question. Our experience, we have strong regional titles. We have the Carryman, we have the Sligo Champion, the Wexford People, uh, part of the group, a very strong uh, 10 or 11 uh, regionals. And the regionals are more resilient in print than uh, uh, nationals. Uh, um, they're very close to the people, literally very uh, close to the uh, people. We saw it during COVID that uh, lots of these regionals really went up in uh, the number of uh, uh, copy sales and that's good to see. It shows that local journalism is sometimes underestimated uh, everywhere. In Paris local journalism in the rest of France is underestimated and in Amsterdam local journalism in the rest of the Netherlands. Also here in Dublin we sometimes underestimate the power of our local papers, be it in Cary, uh, Wexford or, or, or Sligo. And when you see these numbers you see how strong these uh, numbers are are being kept up and uh, and there indeed how many hundred thousands of people mm. also in Ireland are, are, are really linked to their uh, local paper. There is a huge tradition in Ireland of having that regional paper Definitely. in your house and it hangs around the house for a week. You know, you pick it up and similar to a Sunday newspaper That's where it. you're constantly dipping That's in That's it. And with it. lots of this journalism in these papers, you don't win big Pulitzer Prizes, but they're crucial uh, for these people because it's about very concrete, uh, things. It's about uh, a bridge which uh, doesn't function anymore or uh, or there's no electricity or the local GAA which is so important mm. in, in the lives of uh, of people. So in that sense uh, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in local uh, journalism and I admire these people doing it uh, and being very close to their uh, readers and advertisers because let's not forget also for advertisers these local papers are very very important forms to, 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 to get their clients yeah. to, to talk to, to get their message to their clients. Yeah, and they've been a great support, I think, to local newspapers during COVID-19, which they have been very important in getting out the local news. And Definitely, and, <laughs> and getting out the messages. And uh, and, and so in that sense, it uh, COVID and the whole crisis in COVID showed uh, again how important that local uh, news uh, coverage and, and local news uh, operations, uh, how important they are. Peter, you've talked about digital subscribers um, and independent uh, news and media were very late coming to this digital uh, yes. model, weren't they? Yeah. So could you just talk to me about your strategy around digital? What were you aiming for and where is it at yeah. now? Well, we believe in journalism, as I said, and we believe in in uh, uh, journalism which makes the difference, premium journalism. And so when we arrived here, when we bought uh, the uh, INM, we were amazed that... Uh, we were giving away online so much of that uh, journalism. We believe in a, in a hybrid model. We believe if you go now to the independent.ie, there is lots to be read for free. 
but there is also 20%, 25%, 30% behind the paywall because there we believe if our journalists make special analysis, if they have scoops, if they um, uh, have uh, interviews which are uh, special, you shouldn't g- uh, give that away for free. That has a value. And, and that's why we started in uh, February of uh, 2020. So almost two years ago, we launched a subscription on the independent.ie. Lots of people predicted, and it was a bit strange, even within the company, lots of people predicted people never will pay money for this. And for me... That Why, this, Peter? Because they were so used to having it free the, for Yes, so long. they were used to having it free. Once again, and we discussed it, uh, they can have it free on RTE. <laughs> so I said, then we will be better than RTE. We will have better premium uh, content than uh, RTE. And the strange thing was that lots of people in our own company did not believe in the product we were making. I jokingly, I said, we like, we're bakers and we're making croissants and we're giving the croissants away for free uh, because we think people won't, won't pay for the croissants. I say, let's make wonderful croissants that people are willing to pay for the croissants. Okay, well, and l- let's talk about the number of croissants then. Yeah. How are your targets going? How how are well, your subscriptions the, the nice now? thing is we launched in February, so so a month before COVID broke out and, and uh, 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 it may be a paradox, but COVID helped us because people suddenly were stuck at home and started to take subscriptions to, uh, to uh, digital newspapers. So we were in our business plan for 2020. We were hoping to sell 10,000 uh, copies. We had at the end of the year, we had 30,000 uh, copies, three or 30,000. And now we are almost one year uh, later. We will end the year at uh, between 45 and 50,000 copies. So it's really a big success. It shows indeed that if you make uh, good journalism, people, of course, are interested in, in uh, paying for it. And once again, we have been helped by the COVID uh, crisis. And now uh, it's it's up to us to make sure that we do good journalism about all kind of other things so that people stick to their subscriptions or that more people take a subscription. Speaking of your growth, then, you've recently launched a, a Northern Ireland edition of the Sunday Independent. Can you talk to me about the strategy behind that? What's your thinking there? What yes. Is- well, the strange thing there also, we have two uh, papers in the north, uh, two tabloid papers. We have Sunday Live there and we have Sunday World uh, North uh, there. Together they're selling uh, around 50,000 uh, uh, copies uh, every every Sunday. And we didn't have uh, an own uh, Northern Irish version of our main newspaper, the biggest newspaper in Ireland, biggest selling newspaper in Ireland is the Sunday Independent. There we have one edition. And obviously some of these editions, some of these papers were being bought in the North. We had about 5,000 people in the North buying the Sunday Independent. But we said, why shouldn't we uh, make a, uh, an own Northern Irish uh, version of it. We have two two uh, tabloid uh, uh, papers for the North. Obviously, in Northern Ireland, they also have the British papers. But we thought we can develop all journalism in the North. Once again, we really believe in journalism. Uh, once again, my wife being from Tyrone uh, and me knowing the North quite well for the last 25 years, I thought, why shouldn't we develop the Sunday Independent in uh, Northern Ireland? So, we launched a couple of weeks ago, indeed, uh, the Northern Ireland version. We doubled our sales until now. It's a bit early day, obviously, mm. uh, but we went from five to 10,000 uh, copies every Sunday, so we're quite happy with that uh, initiative. And can I ask you, Peter, about the content there? How does it differ from the content in the Republic of Ireland, or does it? Have you got dedicated Northern Ireland yes, stories Yes, we have a couple pages? of the, well, we have several uh, dedicated Northern Ireland reporters and columnists, so some of the columns which uh, we have here in the South are being replaced uh, by uh, by Northern Irish uh, uh, voices. 
prices and it's each time obviously it's a bit difficult uh, uh, what will we replace what will we not give uh, which is in the south so it's a bit balancing act it's also as I say early days so we, we have to uh, develop it but obviously we want to make more journalism about Northern Ireland in that Northern Irish version with the, the small stuff we have there and which we hope to develop in the next year. So in terms of competition here in Ireland uh, whether it's north or south who do you see as your uh, biggest um, I suppose competitors is it the traditional print media is it a combination or is it online platforms yeah we always say the biggest competitor is time is uh, are people spending time with your uh, medium or are they uh, watching Netflix or uh, going out and uh, swim with their children or whatever so the biggest competitor is time in traditional uh, uh, terms obviously uh, since we're more and more in the digital space every digital uh, player is a is a competitor uh, and that's uh, as well uh, a news talk as uh, as RTE as the Irish Times uh, uh, and and definitely also the British uh, uh, paper. So in that sense, uh, the game is being played harder in a digital world than it used to be. I'm old enough to remember uh, the pre-digital uh, times. Now every player in the world, if you want a wonderful story about Jeffrey Epstein, well, you can read that story on The Guardian, you can read it in The New York Times, you can read it on RTE, but so we better have the best one. And, uh, that, and that's one side of it from uh, your perspective, but advertising is another one. That's it, advertising, and that's why that's what uh, why we're sometimes a little bit agitated uh, I realize about uh, RTE that we say look uh, we have to get money out of the market to produce that journalism we believe in journalists but journalists wants to be paid at the end of the month we pay them with the income from the readers and the income of the advertisers so it's a hard uh, a hard game once again uh, we're not complaining. Uh, uh, the, the the year 2021 is almost over. We end the year with a very beautiful result again. So we're a healthy uh, uh, company, but we have to be very, very, we have to work very, very hard to do that. Um, what's your plans for the company going forward? Has COVID-19 changed uh, your, your future plans for Ireland in any way? It not really. It speeded up some plans, okay. uh, as a, and in the good sense, and the, or in the one sense and the other sense, in the sense that uh, uh, print uh, during the weekend uh, during uh, COVID uh, was sold more than ever. Uh, so it shows the importance of our print products in the weekend. Hence uh, our initiative in the in the north on Sunday uh, too. Uh, it uh, also speeded up the whole digitalization of the uh, company. I talked about the uh, uh, subscriptions. So in that sense, probably during that eighteen months of COVID, we had an evolution of uh, what in normal circumstances would have taken probably five years. Mm. Uh, and and in that sense, it put the company under pressure because it's a, a transformation process, and we all know transformations are sometimes difficult. People have to 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 work, behave in a another way working at home is much more difficult than working together in a newsroom and we managed to 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 do it uh, from can, home so in that sense it can, speeded up things can i pick up on that so newsrooms have invariably changed quite considerably Definitely. in covid-19 yeah. um how's that worked for you do you see returning to a newsroom that we might have you know known in the past or do you think there's a more hybrid model coming do you yeah i think uh, we we all are uh, thinking how the hybrid model will will work the strange thing was if you would have said uh, the 16th of March of 2020, can you work from home and make your newspapers from home? Everybody would have said, not a chance. And uh, 
two days later, we made uh, all our papers from home and it worked well. And, and were uh, you able to do that? Was, yeah, yeah, and I have to say I admire lots of people, sometimes in difficult circumstances with uh, three children and their dog on their lap, uh, 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 being in meetings and writing articles and things, uh, things like that. So, so it worked well. It's now more difficult to come back to the office because uh, being in the office and being alone doesn't help. Uh, mm. uh, altogether in the yes. office is not possible yet. So we all are thinking about what's now the best way to make sure that people can work a couple of days in the week at home. And it's clearly what they want and where lots of them are most productive, but not losing the social fabric of being in the in the newsroom and brainstorming, having coffee together, making jokes together, going to the bar together, to the pub together to have to have a beer, because that's all crucial for, for what we do. Well, you, you just mentioned your office is there. Um, you've got lovely um, office space down in Talbot Street. Do yes. you see you changing your footprint to become a smaller operation? Yeah, well, we're in the first place, we want to stay in, in Talbot Street. And uh, because I, I have to say, I, I fell in love with Talbot Street, strangely enough. I, I wrote a column not so long ago to say if Talbot Street would change, that UNESCO should uh, come in and save Talbot Street with all its strange uh, uh, people in the street. And, and sometimes it's a bit dangerous and a bit uh, uneasy, but it's a wonderful uh, street and we belong uh, to Talbot Street. But uh, we, we're in the midst of uh, changing uh, the building indeed to make sure that uh, there's when people come in that there's more meeting uh, spaces so that we're kind of preparing the building so that the building also will be a part of that hybrid uh, uh, working less uh, office uh, offices as such less desks but more uh, spaces where people can meet can uh, brainstorm can sit together uh, uh, and i think that that for lots of, of companies in the future this will be one part of the hybrid working when people come in how do we make sure that then they not sit behind their desk and do what they could do at, uh, at home, but that they're, they're talking to each other, that they're meeting, that they're interacting with each other. So Peter, you know all about the tensions between the Flemish and French-speaking communities in Belgium. You've worked in Brussels, the headquarters of the EU. How much did you appreciate that the Ireland of Ireland could be affected by Brexit before you came here? Yes, I, I definitely I followed it very, very closely. And obviously, uh, as a person, but also as, as a company, we're worried about it. Uh, uh, not in the last place, because we have a newspaper in the north. We have the Belfast Telegraph is part of our uh, of our group, is in the UK, uh, is in a, a non-European uh, or a non-EU uh, UK uh, at, uh, at the moment. So we had to, uh, to, to follow that very closely. I have to say, like mo- most of Irish people, I think, I'm uh, in a very positive way uh, surprised by the way that the European Union supported Ireland and that indeed the border uh, uh, on this or the possible border which would emerge again on uh, on this island of Ireland became one of the three most important uh, issues during the Brexit uh, negotiations. Uh, it's clear that that uh, Ireland belongs, I think, to the to the EU. It's clear that the situation of Ireland with the uh, uh, United Kingdom, which left uh, the EU. Is, became more difficult and at the other hand maybe even more uh, gives more possibilities for uh, for uh, Ireland so it's early days uh, we have to see what happens now in the north with uh, with the protocol with the tensions uh, uh, there it's clear that that the whole of Europe and don't underestimate obviously I still have lots of contacts in Amsterdam and Brussels how many people are almost every week asking how how Ireland is now with the protocol with these uh, so the the eyes of Europe are still on Ireland and and the Brexit and it's very important I think for Ireland to realize that so you know a great deal about Ireland because your wife is from here is there anything that has surprised you about Ireland the good or the bad 
Well, I knew Ireland, of course, very well because of my, my wife and my Irish son. And uh, what I said professionally, uh, the, the situation of, of the public service uh, was, uh, but we discussed that. Uh, uh, one of the, the, the things which uh, sometimes surprises me more in general about uh, Irish is that uh, Irish think the whole time that they're very special, uh, that they think only in Ireland this can happen. Only in Ireland we can uh, have situations that uh, people try to avoid taxes. Only we Irish, we come too late for me. Meetings. We and then you think no, no, you're not special at all. It's also in Belgium. It's also in the Netherlands. It's also in France. It's also in America. Uh, so sometimes the Irish are less special than they think themselves. This being said, I love the Irish people. It's a wonderful. It's and but that's what I said in the beginning. The DNA of Flemish people. I'm indeed born uh, in Bruges. Uh, uh, the DNA of Flemish people and the DNA of Irish people is very close to each other. It's uh, a bit the DNA of people who say. Don't 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 talk too much about what you're doing. Try to do it. Uh, be humble. Uh, uh, don't think you will conquer the world, but try to conquer the world in uh, without saying it. Uh, it's a bit that that feeling, and that's why it's very nice also as a company to be here and as a as a publisher to to get the possibility to 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 live and work here. Okay, we will leave it there. That's a fascinating insight to what might lie ahead for your company and also for us as readers and consumers. That's Peter Vandermersch from Media House Ireland. Thank you, Peter, for joining us today on News Talk. Taking stock. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling.